This reading is from 1 Samuel, chapter 1, verses 9 to 18. Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now, Eli, the priest, was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow, saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk, and said to her, How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the Lord God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, May your servant find favour in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. We're continuing our Bible reading from 1 Samuel, chapter 1, starting at verse 19 until 28. Early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then went back to their home in Ramah. Elkanah lay with his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son, She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. When the man, Elkanah, went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfil his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, Elkanah, her husband, told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When they had slaughtered the bull, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. You, said the doctor to the patient, are in terrible shape. You've got to do something about it. First tell your wife to cook more nutritious meals. Stop working like a dog. And also inform your wife that you're going to make a budget and she's got to stick to it. And have her keep the kids off your back so that you can relax. Unless there are some changes like that in your life, you'll probably be dead in a month. Doc, said the patient, this would sound more official coming from you. Could you please call my wife and give her those instructions? When the bloke got home, his wife rushed to him. I've talked to your doctor, she willed. Poor man, you've only got 30 days to live. (laughs) People don't like change. And throughout history, I think it's fair to say that human nature doesn't change either. Within this story, there's 
favouritism, jealousy and a bit of bullying going on. Penina knew that her husband, Elkanah, loved Hannah more than her. She retaliated by taunting Hannah about her inability to conceive and have children. And human longing doesn't change either. Hannah yearned for a son, but had not yet been blessed with children. So finally, Hannah did what so many people wait until they're in such distress to do, and that was to pray to God about it. But the key to this story, right at the start, is that Hannah had faith in an unchanging God to change her situation and to answer her prayer. Hannah wanted a child, but we're told that God had closed her womb. This was, of course, great sorrow to her, as it is, sadly, for many women. But in this case, her distress was made worse by the taunting of her rival, Penina, who seemed to revel in this. And this was the situation that Hannah faced. She hurt deeply because she wanted to be a a mother, but in her pain, she cried out to God that he would change her situation. Elkanah regularly took his whole family to Shiloh to worship, probably to celebrate the Feast of the Tabernacles, uh, the festival celebrating God's care over Israel and God's blessings on man's crop, cattle and family. Hannah, being barren, didn't feel she had much to celebrate. And and Penina, who considered Hannah as a cursed woman, would mock her about it. And Hannah's distress was so great that no matter what he did, Elkanah couldn't comfort her. We're told he would give her a double portion of meat. I'm not sure why that would help. But we're told he would try and comfort her by asking, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Do I not mean more to you than ten sons? And Hannah's own admission was that I am a woman who is deeply troubled. But one year, whilst the family were at Shiloh for worship, Hannah was guided by the Holy Spirit to get up and go to the tabernacle, which represented the presence of God. She poured out her heart in prayer to God. We read in the message version that Crushed in soul, Hannah prayed to God and cried and cried inconsolably. Then she made a vow. O God of the angel armies, you'll take a good, if you'll take a good hard look at my pain, if you'll quit neglecting me and going to action for me by giving me a son, I'll give him completely, unreservedly to you. I'll set him apart for a life of holy discipline. It so happened that she continued in prayer before God, Eli was watching her closely. Hannah was praying in her heart silently. Her lips moved, but no sound was heard. He jumped to the conclusion that she was drunk. He approached her and said, you're drunk. How long do you plan to keep this up? Sober up, woman. So what can we learn from that prayer? Well, first of all, we notice that Hannah addressed her prayer to the Lord Almighty. We're told she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty... And that means the Lord of the armies, meaning human armies, as well as the cosmic armies of the sun, moon and the stars, as well as the armies of the heavenly angels. In other words, it's a term describing God of infinite resources, the God beyond compare, the God for whom absolutely nothing is impossible. Knowing that he was able to change her situation, Hannah prayed. 
I'm sure you might have heard this before, but there's a saying that says, have you prayed about it as much as you've talked about it? And often, if we're honest, the answer would be no. When we have difficult times, often we pray to other, uh, we talk to other people about it, but we don't instantly go to God. We should, like Hannah, pray to the God of Israel, the God of infinite resources, the God who is beyond compare, the God who is almighty, because it is he alone who can change our situations. There's a tale of a man who fell off a cliff but managed to grab a tree limb on the way down. And the following conversation followed. Is anyone up there? He asked. I am here. I am the Lord. Do you believe me? Yes, Lord, I believe. I really believe. But I can't hang on much longer. That's all right. If you really believe you have got nothing to worry about, I will save you. Just let go of the branch. A moment of pause. Then, is anyone else up there? We don't always find it easy to trust that God will answer our prayer. But Hannah did, and her prayer was one of faith. Hannah believed that God alone was able to help her. And she addressed him as God Almighty, believing in his mighty power. Hannah prayed in faith, not only knowing that he alone could change her situation, but believing that he would as well. Hannah knew that her husband couldn't help her as we've heard he only offered her meat she knew that Panina couldn't help her because actually she'd been taunting her for years and Hannah couldn't help herself because nothing had yet changed so Hannah trusted in God and she prayed in faith in 1 Peter 5 verse 7 we read cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you which means Put your problems onto his shoulders. They're bigger than ours. And that's as true today as it was then. Have faith in God who can do what to us might seem impossible. I read a quote by a guy called uh, Wayne Dwyer that said, I'm realistic. I expect miracles. Now, I'm not sure what context that was in, but wouldn't that be great if we could all say that? I'm realistic. I expect miracles. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we expected miracles to be part of our everyday reality? I wonder what would we do differently? I wonder how would it change the things we do and the things we say? I wonder what life would be like if we truly believed that and expected miracles to take place. When you pray... Pray like Hannah, in faith and expecting miracles. And when she prayed, she also prayed with perseverance. She didn't just pray once about this in a quick couple of minute prayer. Instead, we're told that she kept on praying to the Lord. She wasn't in a hurry to leave the presence of God. Her heart was full and she was pouring it out to him. And whilst the others were celebrating, she prayed more and more. Hannah needed to spend more time with God. The Bible tells us that Jesus himself spent long periods of time in prayer. We're told that he went up onto a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. If he spent time alone in prayer to God, then I think we need to do that too. We shouldn't just give him what's left at the end of the day when we're too tired anyway. And we need to persevere, no matter what else is going on in our lives, persevering in prayer 
is very important. Jesus taught his disciples about persevering in prayer. In Luke 18, we read, And Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should pray always and not give up. And then he concluded, And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Cry out to God. He does hear you. He does care. He will answer. Persevere. Now I say that, but I do believe that God hears our prayers the first time, but we are told to persevere in our requests for God, to God. But Hannah prayed boldly too. The Bible doesn't tell us that anyone else is praying at this festive, festive time. Others were busy eating and drinking. But she boldly got up from the place of celebration and went to the place of prayer. She stood and prayed before God. She approached boldly and stood before the high priest Eli, who was seated on his chair. This took great boldness and confidence for her to do that. In Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, we're told, Now that we know what we have, and this is the message version, Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God, let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing. He's experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. So let's walk right up to him. Let's take courage and let's be bold. We will experience times of need in our lives, we all do. And when we do, be bold and confident in prayer before God. Hannah asked for something which seemed impossible. She did what she knew was needed and she walked right up to him to get what he was so ready to give, as it were. But her prayer was also done secretly. We're told that Hannah's mouth was moving but no sound came out. She prayed silently and God still heard it. On a very practical level, we don't need to speak our prayers out for them to be heard. God hears them anyway. He knows what's on our hearts and we shouldn't shy away from bringing our concerns to him for fear of needing fancy words or anything like that because we don't. You don't even need to speak out your prayers. God hears them anyway. But Hannah also prayed specifically. She had a specific request so she prayed specifically. If you remember, she asked for a son. She didn't just ask for a child, she asked for a son. She knew her husband's hopes depended on her having a son. And so she prayed, give me a son. God wants us to be specific. Throughout the Gospels, we find instances of people who come up to Jesus wanting to be healed. And he will know already what they want. But he waits for them to ask and then he meets their needs. So Hannah's prayer was not... Oh Lord Almighty, look upon your servant's misery. Give me a child. It was give me a son. But she also prayed unselfishly. Not only did she pray specifically from the depths of her heart for a son, but she also made a vow that if God gave her a son, she would give him back to God. That she would dedicate him back to him so that he would serve him all of his life. God heard the cry of Hannah's heart and caused an undiscerning high priest Eli to pronounce a blessing on this woman who was praying. He said, go in peace and may the Lord God of Israel grant you what you have asked. 
This is the benediction a high priest was supposed to pronounce, which meant God has heard your prayer. And God's blessing would come to rest on you. The God who had closed Hannah's womb was now about to open it. God did the humanly impossible. He gave her peace and just as he would in our lives too. In verse 18 we read Hannah's words, May your servant find favour in your eyes. The word of peace spoken by God through Eli spoke to her heart. She believed it would happen and she went on her way. The Bible tells us that she ate something and her face was no longer downcast. In other words, she was extremely joyful. Now Hannah could rejoice because God had heard her prayer. She'd prayed to the God Almighty knowing that he alone could change her situation. She prayed in faith expecting miracles. She persevered, she prayed boldly, she prayed secretly, she prayed specifically and unselfishly. And God heard her. She went home with Elkanah, soon became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She called the boy Samuel, which means God has listened. And when Samuel was three years old, she brought him to Eli in fulfilment of the vow that she made to the Lord. And when she brought her offerings to God, um, when she brought him to the Lord, she brought more than was required because she was so thankful for him. And God continued to bless Hannah, way more than she could ever ask or imagine. She had a total of four sons and two daughters, and we're told that God was gracious to her. But prayer isn't just about the gifts that God gives us. It's not just about a shopping list of things that we need. And it's sometimes we don't get what we ask for. Sometimes, well always, if that happens, it's for a reason. But with Hannah, the true comfort came to her from her increased knowledge of God himself, the giver of all gifts. So in Samuel 1-2, we find another prayer from Hannah. But she didn't begin her prayer saying, my heart rejoices in Samuel. She says, my heart rejoices in the Lord. In the same way, we should also rejoice, not in the gifts that God has given us, however wonderful they are, but in the great gifts that God has given us in Jesus. So whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, take it to God in prayer. He is the one who can and will change seemingly impossible circumstances. Pray to the Lord Almighty, knowing that it is he alone who can change our situations. Pray in faith, expect miracles, persevere in your prayer, pray boldly, secretly, specifically and unselfishly. Above all, pray to God knowing that it is him alone who we can put our hope in and we can find joy in him. I want to finish with a verse from Philippians 4 verse 6 which says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Let's learn to pray as Hannah did, so that we too can say with her, My heart rejoices in the Lord. Amen.